98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station, Wrigley Blast. Number one overall draft picks are supposed to be gifts from the athletic gods. Rewards for nightmare seasons that preceded them, and that hasn't always been the case in the Valley. Think about it. Justin Upton, Dansby Swanson, DeAndre Ayton, Diana Taurasi, Brittany Griner, and Kyler Murray. Five of those six have been polarizing figures. Only one of them has been an MVP, and this is the year for Kyler Murray to move from the former category to the latter category. This is the year when Murray can cross the bridge from controversial, polarizing, love him or hate him kind of guy to Valley treasure like Josh Allen is in Buffalo, like Patrick Mahomes is in Kansas City. And Murray is taking steps. His body language is better. He's obviously trying hard to connect with fans. He understands that while his contract is a reflection of what he already brings to a football field, The size of that contract requires more of him away from the field. He also needs to be an MVP caliber player for this team if Arizona wants to make another playoff performance. And that's because the analytics crowd sees a defense in Arizona that's going to rank at the bottom of the league, a defense where the Cardinals might get what they're not paying for. So that's a big ask for a small quarterback, but it's fairly apparent that Kyler Murray is growing before our eyes on the inside between the ears and that is reason to watch and that is reason to believe. Today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury attainable with two great locations and one great experience. Find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. This year's team, we're still figuring it out this camp. Uh, it's been a great camp. I mean, I've, I, haven't, I haven't really been able to be on the field as much as past camps, but the competition is through the roof. Um, there's a lot of um, <laughs> a lot of animosity, a lot of juices ready to go against somebody else. Uh, but man, I, I, I know, you know, in the past years, uh, starting off hot you know we're usually um this year i think we just you know sticking to it staying through it and um you know, finishing in the end Skyler murray yesterday speaking with the media and acknowledging yeah it's been a great camp but i haven't been able to be on the field that much uh i agree with you bick that we've seen some development with Kyler Murray that has nothing to do with football yep. just yet wonder though i mean the first time something goes wrong in a real live football game, and that's the next time we'll see Kyler Murray put on a uniform and actually mm-hmm. throw passes that count is is Week One against the Kansas City Chiefs. Exactly right. Uh, how does he navigate through that as a fourth year pro who just got a gigantic contract? That's exactly right. I I think teammates have rallied around him because they understand he gives them a chance to win. And as we've talked about before, we've seen these football teams in the past in Arizona teams that show up on a Monday morning and know they have no shot the following week. And nothing can be more depressing than having one of those football teams in your backyard. And I think everybody on that team, for all the, for all maybe the eye rolling that's accompanied Kyler Murray at times, for all the bad body language that Kyler Murray has thrown out on the football field, and that stuff can take a toll in a locker room. Don't think it can't. Um, for all of the whispers and rumors and stuff uh, about how, uh, as I said before, how insulated and inward looking he tends to be and not really kind of uh, 
open myself up to everybody in the room kind of guy, like Tom Brady is, like other quarterbacks are. I, I, I think he's starting to grow up. I really do. And, and if I were to play dime store psychologist in this, uh, I would think that Kyler Murray's family and uh, Kyler Murray's father has been a, a big, big part of his life, and he's been very heavily involved. Kyler Murray's father taught Kyler Murray how to throw a football, and he did a damn good job of that. Every coach Kyler Murray has ever had will tell you that. There's also been rumblings, reports of meddling, all that kind of stuff. Now that Kyler Murray has reached that gigantic contract that I believe probably his father you know, thought, I've got to steer my son to this payday and make everybody in this family financially secure, which is a very great goal to have. I think maybe now I think Kyler feels like I've crossed that finish line, and now I've achieved that, and now maybe maybe he feels less pressure. I, I just like what I've seen from him. I really do. I, I've seen him smile more often. I had a brief interaction with him in Dallas after a Suns playoff game, and he just he just looks like a kid who's growing up to me is what it looks like. And it's it's a reminder that not everybody comes into professional sports in old soul like Devin Booker. True. You know? It takes a while for somebody Sometime, to get there. Sometimes it does. Cliff Kingsbury was asked yesterday, hey, have you noticed anything different about your quarterback since that contract got signed? He's been pretty much the same. I think the ownership, um, knowing what that means, that contract means, being the face of the franchise, showing up each and every day, being consistent, leading, uh, you can definitely see that he understands um, how that changed things. But he's he's been, been Kyler and been super competitive and out there making plays like he always has. Yeah, and we're, you know, we're looking for things. Things in terms of development with Kyler Murray that don't have much to do with football because of the way this camp and this preseason has gone for him. But one of the things we did mention was, you know, that that tweet went viral. The video of the kid who just realized that his autographed jersey had been right. had been stolen. Um, so Kyler Murray gets involved. Not only takes it, you know, takes takes the reins there and and tweets back, hey, the jersey's on the way, but invites the kid on the field, presents the jersey to him. Uh, that goes a long way. He talked about that yesterday too. I mean, it, yeah. If, if any kid, that was just wasn't it wasn't just to you know, if any other kid had that situation, I think we would do the same for him. You know, it's a it's a great feeling. You know, kids shaking. You know, not, you know, I was once in his shoes, uh, looking up to these players and stuff like that. So to to give back, it's always, um, you know, that's one of the best things in life. To be able to, to be able to do so, but and people might be rolling their eyes and say, "Oh, big deal! He did that. Whatever the organization made it happen." It, it doesn't happen like that everywhere. That's what faces of franchises do, is they do yeah, that on a on true. a regular basis. Mm-hmm. The faces of the franchise and that Peter King uh, story that we talked about with uh, Russell Wilson really making the Broncos his team before he's ever thrown a pass for them. You know, autograph signing had a lot to do with it too. Kyler Murray's made uh, inroads there as well. Um, I, I am. I, I would be lying if I said uh, I wasn't getting to the point where I want to see him play football. I want to see what the football development looks like with Kyler Murray. I guess I'll have to be patient like everybody else and wait three more weeks until opening day. I listen. I I don't I don't have any doubts about that. I think where t- Kyler Murray needs to grow most is in the leadership area in the in the between the ears kind of thing. I think Kyler Murray will be quite prepared to play football, but I do think there is something to be said about finding. Uh, you know, making it all fit together, finding that chemistry, because Hollywood Brown is a new piece to this offense, right? Mm-hmm. Has he thrown one pass to A.J. Green? That's what we were all talking about. They need to build this chemistry after last year. I'm sorry. Just it, listen. I, I, if, you, if you're if you thinking that A.J. Green I know, is going to be I essential know. to the outcome of the season, then 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 it's not going to be a very good season, this in my may, opinion. This may shock you. All right. 
I am on board with AJ Green having a big bounce back year. Wow. This year. Oh, okay. I, I think it's going to happen. And why? Why? What do you base that on? Gut feeling. Gut feeling. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, just judging from what people are saying about how A.J. Green's been in camp, too. Again, we're not seeing these guys participate in the, in the preseason mm-hmm. game, so it's, it's hard to say. But, um, you know. I saw too much timidity on the field, too much too much of that to, to kind of buy into that. But I hope you're right. I really do. Yeah. A.J. Was, Green at, was, at his prime was a really, really, really good wide receiver. And that would make those first six weeks a lot more palatable as well. Coming up next, we'll continue to talk football with a former Cardinal, now CBS Sports NFL analyst Jay Feely joins us next here on Bickley and Murata Mornings live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Dan Bickley and Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata Mornings. That is the Wednesday edition of Bickley and Murata Mornings here live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios. We continue on the Wednesday edition talking football with Jay Feely, CBS Sports NFL analyst, who joins us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Jay, good morning. How are you? Gentlemen, I'm doing excellent. How about you guys? Doing well. Um, you know, Cardinals camp has been, it's been a little weird when your quarterback's not out there very much, uh, not playing in the preseason games. And, you know, we're all speculating. We're trying to look into that crystal ball into the future uh, about how this affects Kyler Murray maybe early in the season. Do, do you think that's anything uh, to be concerned about for Cardinals fans, Jay? I don't. I mean, they started so fast under Cliff, and you look around the league, and, and so many more teams are going that way. I mean, shoot, Tom Brady just left for a week and a half in, in Tampa, and you look at the Rams and Sean McVay, he really doesn't start any of his starters at all for any consequential time. I think you just know how important it is to go into the season healthy and to not allow your guys to get hurt, and you get plenty of time in practice to get ready and those reps that are really meaningful are, are, are the ones where you're you're getting everybody on the same page you don't necessarily have to do it i mean i i grew up in, in an nfl where it was two days and you were grinding and watching those guys hit every single day and how physical it was and the fights that happened and it's certainly a, a different world in the nfl but you know, if I were head coach, I would put a priority on keeping my guys healthy. I, I'm wondering why uh, a previous generation of football players don't get together for a class action lawsuit for abuse. <laughs> what this sport, what this sport used to put you guys through. Well, now let's be honest. I was over there kicking well, on the sideline. I was watching the abuse. That's a great point. But, but to, to Bick's point, Jay, I mean, I watched the first episode of, of Hard Knocks last week, and to see the Lions, that montage of them just tackling to the ground and the physicality with which they were playing very early in camp was almost alarming after, you know, and I'm not singling out the Cardinals because other teams are like this, but it is a completely different world. Well, Dan Campbell certainly has that old school physical mentality that carries over from Bill Parcells and what he believed and the kind of teams that he wanted. And, you know, I mean, obviously you knew on hiring Cliff Kingsbury and coming in here, he was not going to bring that physicality and that style of coaching. You know, he was more about the way in which his system ran and implementing his system. And you've seen that since he's been here. And, you know, they've had 
you know, a lot of success offensively throughout the years until that second half of the season. And, you know, that is part as well of, of that old school mentality that you will wear teams down over the course of the year, that you'll be more physical and that you will be the better team, the more conditioned team and the more physical team when the end of the year comes. So, it's an area of concern for Cardinals fans and, and something that Cliff Kingsbury has to be thinking about throughout this year. The Cardinals have not spent a lot of money on their defense. They do not rank well in a lot of analytics assessments of their defense. How concerned are you on that side of the ball? The thing that concerns me the most is can they get pressure on the quarterback? If you can't get pressure on the quarterback, you can't win defensively in the NFL. You know, quarterbacks are just too good. The rules are set up for offenses to succeed, to be able to throw the ball. You look at going against the AFC West and that gauntlet of quarterbacks and how difficult it is. And, you know, they, they've started well under Cliff. And I think when you look at that schedule and those first four games, really, and, and you say, hey, we have to do a good job getting off. If you can go two and two to begin the season, I think that's actually a really good start. Then you put yourself in a really good position. You know, even though they haven't finished strong, you know, under Cliff, I think you look at that schedule, it's so daunting at the beginning. You really need to be ready to roll from day one. Jay Feely, CBS uh, Sports NFL analyst, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. Uh, defensively, uh, Bick and I talk about this pretty much every day, about the concerns defensively, uh, specifically the cornerback position. With the way that p- position group ended last year, Jay, with the tragedy uh, with Jeff Gladney in, in, in the offseason, season. How surprised are you that the Cardinals and Steve Kime haven't gone out to, to really shore up that position just yet? Well, it's, it's a hard position to shore up because it's not like there's guys out there that you say, okay, we're going to take a corner in the draft or, or we're going to go sign a guy. I mean, that's one of those positions that when you have a guy that you like, you get him locked up and you keep him locked up. And, you know, it, it's very similar to the quarterback position. Like when you don't have an answer, you can't just go grab somebody and say, okay, here's their answer. We're going to bring this guy in. You know, it, it's difficult. There's limited quantities. And, you know, I think more than anything, the cornerback position and the defensive line and the pressure they get, they work in, in tandem together. And those, those two teams, if you get pressure on the quarterback, your cornerback play is going to be better. If you don't get pressure on your cornerback, I don't care how good your corners are, they're going to get exposed. And so those those two areas of this team have to work in conjunction together, especially you know when you look at the Cardinals and their lack of kind of talent as you as you look at it across the board. We know that a lot of Kyler Murray's de- deficiencies aren't necessarily skill related. It's more of the maturity, more of the body language, more of the leadership variety. Do you see signs as a former football player that he's growing up before our eyes? I think this has been an interesting offseason for the Cardinals as well as for Kyler. And I'm very curious to see once the season starts and, and things happen and you have adversity, how does he respond? Has he grown up? Does he shoulder the burden like most quarterbacks will do who are the franchise quarterback? You know, you take the onus on yourself. You put all the negative things that happen. You put the blame on yourself. You go privately and talk to your guys and, and you hold guys accountable, but publicly you shoulder the burden for your team. That's what great quarterbacks do. When you look around the league and, and the guys are the best leaders and the guys that have the most success, that's how they handle it. And I'm just really curious to see. And, and I think it's a good sign when you look at Cliff and Kyler and the things Cliff has been doing to kind of engage him more, putting you know the onus on him calling plays. I liked it. I thought it was interesting. And I, I liked yeah. Cliff's strategy. I mean, it coming out about 
Kyler and his study habits, I mean, that's going to have an impact, you know, and, and hopefully it's a positive one and, and forces him to, to study more, to take more ownership. And then even even the players giving him a hard time in the, in the rookie shows and imitating him, like, I think those are good things. He's got to be able to have a sense of humor and laugh at himself and, you know, be that guy that everybody – really rallies around and i think if you can't laugh at yourself in that position you know it's, it's a struggle to do that so all, all those things i think are positive for the Cardinals and, and their fans and those are great great points and especially the part that you we're really not going to know any of those answers until those moments of adversity because it's because it's easy to put off all the good body language and to show signs of maturation when things are going well oh yeah you're right like, i mean no question Jay Feely, our guest, CBS Sports NFL analyst, uh, and Jay's going to be in the booth week one for Carolina and the Cleveland Browns for uh, CBS. Uh, and I saw your tweet. Uh, there's no storylines at all for that game. <laughs> Jay. <laughs> That's right. uh, what do you make of where we are with the Deshaun Watson situation? It, it seems like everything that I've read, everybody's leaning towards maybe a settlement. And, you know, this this appeal ruling won't come down until the settlement uh, possibilities have been exhausted. Do you feel it's going that way with Deshaun Watson? Well, the only thing I know is, is from what I read. And, you know, that's what it looks like. That's what you hear from people, you know, around the league and around the organization is, is that there's going to be some type of settlement. And I think it's best. I mean, get get it finished. Put it to bed. Uh, Cleveland Browns fans could know, you know, where they stand, how long Deshaun's going to be out for. I mean, that's a very, very talented football team. You know, and, and, I, and I've done a bunch of games with Jacoby Brissett. I did his first start when he was in Indy. I did uh, his first start when he was in New England. I did a couple of his starts, you know, last year. And, and so, you know, I know who he is and who he isn't. They can win football games with him if he doesn't turn the ball over and he's smart. And that's how that team is built anyways. I think Stefanski does a very good job understanding his quarterback. You know, with Baker Mayfield last year, he knew how to minimize his weaknesses and try to maximize his strengths. He'll do the same thing with Jacoby and – you know, they're talented enough to win football games and try and bide time. And, and hopefully for them, they, they say, okay, if we can stay, if it's 10 games or 12 games, whatever it is, if we can stay 500 until he gets back. The, the problem is, is that he didn't play all last year. Deshaun Watson didn't. And he looked very rusty in his limited time in that first game. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, for me, even more exciting for that game is, is Baker Mayfield's revenge game. I think that's probably who's going to be the starter there. And, you know, that's the perfect game for him to have as his first game as a new starter on a new team because he plays his best when he's got a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, that is true. Jay, always good to talk to you. Thanks for making some time for us this morning. We appreciate it. Yeah, anytime, guys. Good to talk to you. Enjoy listening every morning. Thank, Thank you, Jay Feely, CBS Sports NFL analyst. You joined us on the Arizona Sports Line. By the way, you know who's doing the, uh, the first Cardinals game on CBS in week one? Jim Nance, Tony Romo, Tracy Wolfson. It's the big game, the A team. Wow! So that's uh, how it's about not the that? Sunday night game, but uh, they're getting the they're getting the star treatment by CBS in Week One. Coming up next, Tom Brady not in Tampa Bay Buccaneers camp right now. What exactly is going on with the Buccaneers? We'll get into it next. Bickley and Murata mornings, ninety eight seven FM, Arizona Sports Station. Bickley and Murata, hash marks. <laughs> 
Yeah, some news uh, percolating this morning from Kansas City Chiefs practice. Yeah. Wide receiver Nicole Hardman caught, carted off at practice. Oh, no. Adam Teicher put it out there. Hardman just left the field in a motorized cart. Field Yates had carted off at practice. One of the responses was, uh, I guess, a Chiefs fan. It said, tell the whole story, Field. He walked off under his own power, but favoring leg, got into the front seat of the cart, headed to the locker room. So very early in the process, but that could be something that impacts that week one uh, game between the Chiefs and the, oh, and, it, and the Cardinals. It, it absolutely does. Hardman's going to be counted on big time. Because the Chiefs have to replace Tyreek Hill, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of people who are wondering what that offense is going to look at, like without that guy in it, and that guy is one of the more uh, nightmare covers for any defense in the NFL. And Miko Hardman was a guy that, that they've been grooming very slowly. He's been, he's been a bit player. He's played a little on special teams. He can run like the wind. Um, and I know all of this because I once drafted him on my fantasy football team, of course, obviously. <laughs> Whenever you find any anybody who has all this detailed, in-depth knowledge about some rando player in another market, it's because you drafted him. Probably. Fantasy yeah, football. that's probably more accurate than, than any other reason. Yeah. And and so that's yeah that's that would be in my opinion possibly a significant loss because I think I think more than anybody that's the guy they targeted to kind of be the big play threat in the offense yeah, a guy vertically a guy who's been in that offense for a while mm-hmm. he's got his footing under him now so we'll we'll keep an eye on that situation because again that can impact things for week one uh, Tom Brady not at Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, training camp right now uh, pre-approved ten day absence which has led to a lot of speculation. Uh, it's a weird situation. It's also weird because we're talking about a guy who's the most accomplished quarterback by far that's ever played the game. Mm-hmm. He's got seven Super Bowls. He's forty-five years old. Uh, maybe it shouldn't be that big a deal. But what what I'm at this point, Bick, I'm wondering is should Tampa Bay have maybe put it out there earlier if yes. it was if it was pre-approved. Why did it just happen one day that Todd Bowles, oh, Tom's not here. He's going to be gone for a while. And there was there was some, you know, shielding around that, mm-hmm. which led to speculation. I, I'm not, I, you know, I hope everything's okay. I, I don't want anybody to have problems in their personal lives, especially at this uh, juncture of his career for Tom Brady. But I think the way the Bucks handled that kind of led to all this speculation. Well, yeah, no, listen, I, I do think that. And, and I, I just, like you said, we want to, want to emphasize here that the speculation – um, we're doing it while also being sensitive that there might be something wrong, something that commands and demands his, uh, his attention. But then why is there an end to date? Well, that's what that's I'm confused weird. about. Like, if it's something that he actually has to, you know, deal with, why is he like, well, I'll be back at this time? If it, because you might not know when it's going to end if you're really dealing with something well, personal. Well, here's, here's, here's a couple of things that I thought about. Number one, Tom Brady is, is a great winning quarterback because he loves the process. No shortcuts with Tom Brady. This is. No days off. Right. This, and so what, what's happening now if it was pre-approved and it was on the books to begin with. This is very odd. This is not like Tom Brady. Tom Brady, allegedly, according to a source of mine and according to other people who have reported this, he first grew disenchanted with Tampa Bay because of the sloppiness laid in the Bruce Arians regime. This would be that kind of sloppiness. A quarterback up and leaving for 10 days in training camp. Antonio Brown, by the way, 
went off on Tom Brady on Twitter just a few minutes ago. Oh, he did? He did. You, you oh. know. Yeah, you can go check that out. It's football season. It's Antonio football Brown season. is tweeting. But it, there's, there people have been speculating that, okay, is is this maybe Tom Brady's family kind of saying, Tom, come on, this when when are you going to when are you going to be around for us? When is it our time? And if that's the case, then then I don't know what kind of mindset he's going to be in to lead a football team. There are people who have speculated that, you know what, he wanted to be in Miami and everybody knows it. And the fact that he got stuck in Tampa means he's playing someplace he doesn't want to play with. And th- there have been speculation that maybe his family doesn't like it, that it's just, you know, Tampa, uh, Tampa this time of year, it is awful. It is so humid and disgusting. And I could, I just, I don't know what this is, but what this is, is very atypical of Tom Brady. Very What's atypical. What's the humidity like in Miami at this time? It's better. Is it's it? be- well, it's, it's better because you're on the ocean. Yeah. I've only been to Tampa in the, in Tampa, the winter Tampa, you're on time. the Gulf of Mexico. It's, it's, it's oh, much, much gotcha. different. So that Antonio Brown tweet you mentioned, I just pulled it up. Tom Brady manipulates the game. He gets 14 days to go home and get his mind right, lol. Now you see the difference regarding how Brady is treated and how he's treated. Put that blank on. Yeah, I mean, comparing the resumes and the professionalism of Tom Brady <laughs> and Antonio Brown is, same, same. is a fool's errand. Yeah, right. It's I a mean, fool's errand. Come on, Mr. Big Chest. That's not, <laughs> right. that's yeah. not the guy we Thanks for rubbing in my losing clue yesterday, Jarrett. <laughs> That's all right, uh, it, it Big. Nobody, be, nobody was beating me yesterday. It would That's be. A good point. That's a good point. Yeah, he was in the. It would be something when he got whatever that last band was, that new wave band from the eighties. Oh, yeah. I never. But um, it is. It is would be something if it came out that because he just turned forty five, right? It was just mm-hmm. his birthday. Mm-hmm. If this was a long planned two week <laughs> cruise to you know Cozumel or something, <laughs> like you're, you're hoping it. I, I don't know what you're Which, hoping. In that, that in it's, that it's just case, very the whole thing is very strange. But, but hold on, now that is something that might be sounds plausible when you brought it up, but that's also assuming that Tom Brady actually wanted to retire. Because that retirement looks like, in retrospect, a, a way for him to get to Miami. Yeah. It does. It does. But if that's also the case, A, we'll never find out about it. And if that is what happened behind the scenes, um, you know, then Tampa Bay did handle it right. Could you imagine the reaction from around the league? Tom Brady came back for another year and in the middle of training camp left for two weeks to go on a cruise. Could you imagine that? <laughs> I mean, that that would be that would be actually being the same thing he loathed at the end of last year. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and then he'll come in and throw 55 I, touchdown I'm passes. You, this is, but I, I don't know. I, this is so atypical of him. I, I don't know if he's checked out. I mean, his boy Gronk isn't around anymore. That's true. Oh, it's only a few weeks until he's back. Again, though, you can only it, make so many commercials before you get bored. <laughs> That's Watch true. Try. If it really is something personal or something with his family, then obviously it's excusable. I just was saying it's, it's odd that if it was that, that there would be a, I'll be back on this date. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Because how would you know an end date if it is an emergency, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. And and again, if it's if it is an emergency, his teammates will understand Completely. If it's not, they're going to be looking at him like, what? Yeah. Leaving us out here with the palmetto bugs and the humidity and... (laughs) 
By the way, Tom uh, Brady's former team, the Patriots, again, there's all kinds of fighting going on between the Panthers and Patriots. Two different times today, yeah, I guess. Apparently, there was a, a, a one dust-up, and then Christian McCaffrey got tackled to the ground by a member of the Patriots and got up and threw the ball, and it ignited another whole brawl, according to the reports. Wow. Yeah, that's something that Matt Rule and Bill Belichick must have cooked up. Has to be. If it's bleeding over to a second day. Yeah, has to be. They didn't exactly get reamed for their actions yesterday. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's football. Oh, and some, some breaking Phoenix Rising news. The head coach, Rick Schantz, yes. has resigned or retired or something, but is gone. Wow. I know there was a lot of Phoenix Rising fans that were wanting that to happen with the struggles they've had this year. So, mm-hmm. hey, look at Tom, look at the Jarrett chiming in with the soccer news. Our soccer insider. Uh, the Rising announced it's a mutual agreement to part ways. Not a contract so. divorce. That only Not happened. a contract oh, divorce. Save that for Tina and for Liz. My goodness, <laughs> there were five contract divorces in the WNBA this year. It's wild. Uh, coming up next, we continue Give a Thon for Phoenix Children's presented by your Valley. Hyundai dealers in the Akchin Indian community here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The Giveathon for Phoenix Children's is presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers in the Akchin Indian community. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station in the Arizona Sports app. Giveathon on the Bigley and Marotta Show. Wednesday, day three, a big day, a critical day for us in Giveathon for Phoenix Children's presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers and Akchin Indian community because here on uh, Bigley and Marotta mornings, it is what we call a triple match Wednesday. Thanks to uh, Panda Express. Uh, when you call, become a champion of hope at 602-933-4567. Uh, during our show today, your funds are tripled by the uh, kindness of Panda Express. Nice. Champion of hope. What does that mean to you? That's a $20 per month donation. Uh, teddy bear, when you do this, a teddy bear will be delivered to a patient at Phoenix Children's in your name. You'll also get uh, your choice of a kid's pass at Wildlife World Zoo or a cobblestone car wash, all just for $20 a month, becoming a champion of hope by calling our team of volunteers at the Desert Financial Phone Bank, 602 602- 933-4567 is that phone number. I'm going to tell you a few reasons why you should jump on board and do this. Um, and it, this is really, to me, very, very profound stuff. When we go to Phoenix Children's, I, was, I mentioned this yesterday, you park in the parking garage right next to the facility and you see a lot of out-of-town license plates. That is how renowned Phoenix Children's happens to be. You walk inside and you see a beautiful, colorful, very inviting, very warm facility. And, and immediately, immediately your brain goes, wow, this is, this is, this is unbelievable. The, the genius in, in taking the terror and the fear out of a prolonged hospital stay for a, for a young person and, and what this must mean for their mentality and their perspective. And then the other thing you always notice is just the look of grave concern on the faces of parents. And mm-hmm. you can't miss it. You see it everywhere you look at Phoenix Children's. And you have to remember 51% of those families arrive at Phoenix Children's with little or no private medical insurance. And the the beauty of Phoenix Children's is that you walk in as a parent with a sick child, they are going to admit your child. They are not going to say, well, let me, what kind of insurance do you have? I'm sorry, we don't accept that. Oh, you don't, we're, we're not letting you in. That never happens at Phoenix Children's. So as a result, you get a lot of, you got a lot of families who are, are dealing with 
maybe the worst, their worst moments of their lives, and then on top of it, they've got the financial concerns of, how am I going to pay for this? This is what we are, as a community, helping. Helping people who are dealing with very difficult situations who cannot afford this, who cannot, who, and so we, as a community, th- this is a show of heart, not only to our children, but to our parents. Yeah, you mentioned it, Beck, the, the, the inviting nature when you walk through the doors at Phoenix Children's. We've heard it in a lot of our stories of hope sponsored by Madame Holmes that, you know, even patients that have spent a long time there, they think of it as their hospital. In some cases, they want to go there because of the way they're treated. And, you know, a hospital visit for a kid, family is never a fun thing. No. When you can take the fear away from the facility, you know, the facility's not causing fear. Take that away from the child. That makes the whole process easier easier mentally for everybody involved. also want to thank a couple of other of our uh, Champions of Hope, our donors uh, for give week for Phoenix Children's. Uh, mentioned a few earlier, but uh, Daniel and Glendale, $500. Thank you, Daniel. Dave and Surprise, $725. What a generous gift from Dave. Jack and Tempe, $300. We want you to give what you can. Uh, become a Champion of Hope. Call the Desert Financial Phone Bank at 602-933-4567 is the phone number. Uh, we got to move that tote board again. We've got another check presentation from the five people at Discover. Hello, my name is Greg Carfagna, and I'm with Discover. We're excited to be part of this year's Giveathon. Discover has been a proud sponsor of Phoenix Children's for over 20 years now. Today, we are happy to present a check to Phoenix Children's for $20,000. At Discover, honoring our values of doing the right thing and collaboration, we work with community partners like Phoenix Children's to provide critical support and resources in the cities and states where we operate and beyond. We are encouraging the community to call the phone bank at 602-933-4567 and help us raise $2 million for Phoenix Children's. On behalf of Discover, thank you, Phoenix Children's, for providing the best health care for our children and their families. Because when it comes to the future of our children, moments count. And on behalf of our radio nice. stations and everybody at Phoenix Children's, thank you to yeah. Discover. Unbelievable gift, $20,000. Thank you so much to the uh, the people at uh, Discover for that unbelievable donation. It's time for another story of hope presented by Madame e. Holmes. Scott Meyer was fresh out of veterinary school, and he caught the give on the radio while driving through Phoenix. He didn't have any kids or friends or family at Phoenix Children's, but he was so struck by the stories of PCH patients that he felt a calling to help. This is Dr. Scott Meyer's story. My name is Dr. Scott Meyer, and this is my story. For me, it felt right to call in and donate something that I could to be part of this call. In 2004, uh, graduating from veterinary school at Colorado State University, driving through my hometown of Phoenix area, coming into radio range, the Giveathon was on. A story came on about a child going through cancer or some ailment at Phoenix Children's Hospital, and instead of turning the channel, I'd kept it on to listen to that story. And one story followed by the other story, and it seemed like there was a way I could help. I needed to do something to give back, and this was I gave back to. So I called in and then pledged half my bank account. There's a time that we need to share. It's so 
working living in California for the next 10 years, I was always looking on the website to see when the next Givacon would be so that I could call. And so for 10 years, the goal was to try to increase my gift every year as best I could. 10 years went by and decided to move home, came back to Phoenix area and, and continue to give uh, what I can every year. And I'll continue to do that. I'll just continue to do it for as, as long as I can. Um, I feel like I, I did something to help. Not knowing anybody, not knowing who the people were personally, it just felt like that was the right thing to do. I don't know. I always thought when I'm able to give back, I should. For my community, for the state I love, for Phoenix, for parents and children that need the help. Just made it a goal to do it every year. There's so many bad things every day, but there's still a lot of good in people to do good things. Please call now to help the kids forgive a thought. Even if it's just one time, just for today, to help a family in need. To donate to PCH. Triple your donation now. It's the Giveathon Triple Match. And this triple match brought to you by Panda Express. Thank you so much to them. Thank you to Dr. Meyer. I yeah, think that great puts, story. puts people in a giving mood. Uh, and I think we're going to see some results from that story here. It's 602-933-4567. That's where our volunteers are standing by in the desert. Financial phone bank. Bick and I both peeked our heads in there earlier. About 20 volunteers around the tables. and Great energy them, in there. Great energy. Yeah. A, lot of, uh, a, a lot of chatter because they're talking to you on the phones. When you become a champion of hope, $20 donation right now, thanks to Panda Express, that becomes a triple donation. And you also get a teddy bear in the hands of a patient at Phoenix Children's. And your choice of a kid's pass to Wild uh, Life World Zoo or a cobblestone car wash. All for $20 a month. Desert Financial Phone Bank. Call now, 602-933-4567. That's 602-933-4567 as we continue to march towards our goal for the kids and families of Phoenix Children's. No doubt about it. And there we go. And there's the... Train Teddy Bear Express. The triple match uh, here on Bickley and Murata Mornings continues. There's the Train Teddy Bear Express. Those teddy bears getting into the rooms, getting into the hands of the patients at Phoenix Children's, asking you to become a champion of hope. 602-933-4567. 602-933-4567. It's Giveathon Week for Phoenix Children's, presented by your Valley Hyundai dealers and Ak-Chin Indian community.